All right, uh, welcome back. Well, it is that time of a Monday, of course, when Kira Kelly drops in to see me. Now, the great advantage of having Dr. Kira Kelly in the studio is, of course, she does know something about medicine. This is a, a marked improvement on the presenter. Uh, welcome, Dr. Kelly. Thank you very much, Mr. The, the reason I gave you that upbeat introduction is I've looked at all the questions and I can't make a contribution to any of them. So That's never stopped you before. They, no, well, it is increasingly so. Increasingly now, this is becoming a health programme and a section, and I'm really of no value. Well, to give you an example, just to give you a flavour, this is a message for Dr. Kira, not for the other buffoon. <laughs> Which is me, right? So we might as well just keep it on the straight and narrow. And and I mean, like, this 50-year-old man says, thanks, George. And then he said, uh, I've stage 2 high blood pressure diabetes. I've sleep apnea. I take lots of pills and inhalers. When I go to bed at night, I always hear my heartbeat loud in my ears. Um, I don't smoke or drink. I can't answer that question. You answer it. Well... What I would suggest, and I'm guessing, is, is that he, he's, he's got diabetes and sleep apnea, so the chances are, and he's not, a, he's not a smoker or a drinker, so that his lifestyle in those regards is good. I'd say he needs to lose some weight if he's diabetic and, and has sleep but apnea. But you have no idea that he's overweight. Well, it's unlikely to, to, to have... Since I once compared you unlike- to Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> you've got totally carried away it's with It's unlikely that he has type 2 diabetes and sleep apnea and isn't overweight. But that's the only thing that's within his gift to himself to change and to improve these things. And his breathing will improve, his blood pressure control will improve and his, uh, his sleep apnea and his quality right. of his sleep will improve. And I think that's... People don't want to hear that because it's hard work. But I would suggest that that's... Uh, he's only 50. He's only a young fella. He really needs to put in some effort. Yeah, but, the, the, but I do have to ask a question. And, and it is the extraordinary marketing skills of modern GPs. I mean, nobody had sleep apnea about 15 years ago. And now everybody has sleep apnea. It didn't exist 15 years ago. So why didn't we all die 15 years ago when we all had sleep apnea? Well, that's a very good point. But I, I think very possibly it was underdiagnosed 15 years ago. I don't think it's changed necessarily in the rates of people having sleep apnea but or, or maybe slightly because of weight gain. But um, but I think it was probably very much underdiagnosed and people used to just, you know, I, I look back at say when I was growing up my father was a terrible snorer and he was quite a big man and I'm sure he must have had sleep apnea but we used to just say he was a terrible snorer. Do you know what I mean? And so that that wasn't picked up or wasn't uh, But the lovely at. Ingrid says, I'm a big man and I'm a terrible snorer. So I'm not going to go to some GP, hand over a cheque for 60 quid to be told I have sleep apnea. Well, uh, the GPs, much as they are brilliant, wouldn't be able to diagnose you anyway. They'd have to send you to a sleep clinic, George, where, <laughs> where they hook you up to a machine <sighs> overnight in hospital and measure measure various things and find out All if you right. had sleep apnea. Okay, well, well that's... I'm going to answer But it does affect one. you with the daytime sleepiness thing and people do struggle with daytime sleepiness who have sleep apnea and it makes their lives, their quality of life a little bit does less it? good. All right. yeah. Now, Mad Mikko and the lads on the Talib bypass might be a question that I could answer. Should they be worried about high protein diets, too much iron intake and red meat? Surely the answer is they don't need to be worried. Well, some of the I love this mad Mikko and the lads on the talent bypass. Yeah. Um, some people are tinkering with their diets in ways that are detrimental to their health. They, they they certainly are, and a lot of people who are going to gyms are using supplements. Some of which 
we know from testing don't contain what they say they test having them and all sorts of things so you know what there's only a certain amount of protein you actually really need and too much protein can be hard on your kidneys for example I'm not knocking protein protein is good for us and you know there, but you see you can't say anything nowadays like oh too much protein isn't good for you but to, only the crazy diet to, zealots will come out of the woodwork correct the problem is that too much anything yes. is bad for you. So too much water is bad for you. Yeah, you get a thing called toxic me- megacolon. That's quite quite. Yeah. Now, except too much coffee. 40 cups a day is okay. <laughs> No, that's no. not true. Now, Nora, this is interesting. 13-year-old son plays rugby. One year ago, got a blow just below his eye, above cheekbone, which resulted in a black swollen eye and rest due to concussion. One year later, the area that was hit has still got a bump. I got him checked by a doctor at the time and nothing was broken. Do you mind if I just throw one in here? Go on and then we'll see Well, it's a rugby question, so I'd have something to do with it. Okay. Because a lot of rugby players, including me, get a fracture of the bone around cheekbone, which is called a zygoma. It is. So he could have had an under-recognised fracture of the zygoma and that's why he still got the bump. Well, what she says is is that there nothing was broken. So let's presume that's true. Let's presume he didn't have, have, have a fracture. Maybe the doctor didn't recognise well, it. We, we, we can't completely outrule that, but let's just presume for a moment that this the information right. we have is correct and he didn't have a bro- break. If you get a really bad blow of blunt trauma to any bit of you, Anybody, George, your head, your cheekbone, your elbow, doesn't really make much difference. The chances are, after that swelling goes down a year or two later, you'll still have a bump there because you get a thing called a hematoma. And a hematoma is like where you've bled under the skin. And as that, what, what would form a scab if your skin was broken. But as that blood and all is resorbed into the body and it shrinks down, it forms a kind of a hard, fibrous knot. And it stays there forever. So the chances are this kid will always have a bump on his All face. Right. And don't worry about it. And don't it. worry about it. All right. Now, interesting bumps. There's more bumps. The fellow who said that buffoon will tell me. So I'm, the buffoon is actually You're going to tell him. You're already up in arms. I'm yeah. already, yeah. But he has a ball-shaped bone that sticks out from the back of his right hand, more so than his left. Uh, it, it, the problem, of course, and I, I have sympathy for him, that's the part that always bangs off some excruciating pain. He doesn't ever remember injuring it. He's a fit 43-year-old mo- uh, male. Mike is his name. He's got a great beard and he thinks I'm a buffoon. The but funniest I, thing about this whole question, he says, I'm a fit 43-year-old male with a fantastic beard. And a bump <laughs> on his wrist. Why is he telling us that? Um, well, the bump on his wrist is because... He probably did damage. Can I show you something? I know a people bump can't on really your see wrist. it. Can you see that? Oh, oh! <laughs> I oh. just showed if George I a told large... you. If I told you what Kira Kelly has <laughs> just shown me on the radio, then the Catholic Mothers Organization <laughs> would be up in I've arms. just shown you a large bump on the back of my wrist, <laughs> okay. which to an untrained person, they would say that's a bone because it's rock hard. It's not a bone. It's a thing called a ganglion and I have one. And I am thinking of getting it sorted out, which would be going off to see a but hand for research. It? It's actually a cyst in a tendon sheath and it's very, very hard. It's under pressure and it does bang off things. And when it does hit off something, it's bloody painful. And I've had it since I must have it 20 years at this stage. And one of the reasons I haven't gotten it corrected is because it tends to recur quite frequently. Uh, and sometimes it's sore and sometimes okay. it's not. Sometimes so the fellow with the beard, it probably has a, a ganglion. A ganglion. A ganglion. Yes, oh, he probably ganglion. does. And if he wants to have something done about it, it can be done, but he would need to go and see a hand surgeon.
I saw, indeed, there's a fella called Reardon down the Black Rock Clinic. He's the exact fella who I might be going to go and see. He's a wrist surgeon because he's looking after my left wrist because I can't hit golf balls anymore. And at half six tomorrow night, I just want to put the pressure on, uh, he's going to fix it. Yeah, well, and if he doesn't fix report it. back here next Monday. <laughs> I will. Mean, poor, anyway, poor, yeah. poor But he would go to a guy like Reardon. Yes, There's exactly. A and, I, I, and I bet you that's what he has because I have right. one myself and it's hideous. Now, my other half. Uh, but but uh, it, the, uh, her aorta. The aorta is the heart or something. The aorta is the artery, the main artery that's coming off the heart, George. Right. Well, she's got a condition. Right, it's dilating beyond normal size. It's called an aneurysm. She's starting to get bad cramps in her legs at night. After a couple of drinks, could could did, did, when he says related, I presume he does he mean related to the to couple the, of drinks or the aorta. aorta? I think he's asking what could the cramps be. Now, some people do suffer with night cramps, George, and and uh, I, I've often said to you, you should have some tonic water for your own leg conditions, and um, because one of the things that night cramps respond to is quinine. But can I just stop you there? You can. I had two large gin tonics. We never mentioned went, the gin before I went to bed last night, and I had no cramps. And night before, I was abstemious, and I had cramps. So there's definitely. A connection between gin and tonic and leg cramps. Tonic and cramps, not gin and tonic. You don't need the gin to get the effect. It's just the tonic water. Um, but, so so it could be that she just has night cramps, okay? And then she could try some tonic water or some quinine tablets and that might do it. But equally, one of the reasons people do get pain in the backs of their legs is to do with vascular problems and circulatory problems, okay? And but the aorta is a million miles away from your legs. But the thing is this, is if you're an arteriopath, if you have vascular disease in your aorta. You may also have vascular problems in your um, the arteries in your leg and the arteries in your feet right. in the arteries in your... Of course your, we know another fellow now who can fix this don't we? We do. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Sean O'Neill. This is like non-stop advertising for consultants <laughs> that you've been to but on this programme. The thing is I've been to them all. I, I mean I'm a really good example of like um, what's How, the fellow who has a green body? The and, Hulk. Yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Well, all his bits were replaced. Now, you think I'm, of the Bionic Man. Bionic Man. I'm a really good example of that because all these whiz kids have used me to put in new knees and new uh, veins and new wrists and everything. So it works. <laughs> so you are practically bionic is what you're saying. Well, I mean, I'm an, I'm an, exa- I'm an example to the, the quality of these docks around the place. All right, this question has for Dr. Kelly underlined. <laughs> it doesn't say not the other buffoon, but I get the message. I had three discs in my neck replaced a few years ago. I find that swallowing is getting progressively more difficult. Normal? No. Um, we don't know if this is related to the discs or not, because it's not impossible that this person, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, that, that there is some residual nerve issue in their neck coming from their you know their disc surgery or something that could be affecting things I'm not saying that there isn't but dysphagia which is the symptom of, of difficulty swallowing is always a red flag in medicine it's a bit like you know we always talk George you and I about the fact that if somebody's bleeding from somewhere that's always a red flag but we don't want to scare them no we don't the but you know what, this person you need to go to a doctor you need to get a camera swallowing down swallowing is I, I have to say if I couldn't swallow I'd be rushing down to yeah. my nearest doc yeah you need to get a camera down we don't know a swallow Following expert, do we? 
Well, we know lots of them. Uh, we, do you want me to name a few on well, air? What, what are they called? Well, well, they're either general surgeons or gastroenterologists, oh, right. generally speaking. So right. I, I think she definitely or he definitely needs a scope. You need a camera down. You need to go to your GP and get a referral wherever you yeah. are for a scope. So, like, the answer to your question is, is normal is, no, it isn't normal. Yeah. And head off to one of the whiz kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I, I always do worry sometimes, though. 50-year-old female this time. Her head feels funny. Now, how in the name of God can we help her? My head feels funny. Then she says, having regular feelings, I'm about to faint. Just last a few seconds. I never faint. Blood's okay. No pain. What do you think? Well, do we tell her? Well, she says also says it's usually associated with movement. Okay. You, oh, I missed that. You did. You'd like to skim, Sorry, these, skim these questions. Sorry, Sherlock. So there, there's a variety of things. And there's another clue in there too. She's a 50-year-old woman. Okay, so... Oh, so, this is menopause. It could be menopause. Gold HRT. Star. George, you're practically... Needed. HRT. You, can I just put a shout out to the universities of, of Ireland and say, George needs an honorary doctorate in medicine at this stage. HRT. Um, it, well, HRT is one solution for, for, for menopause okay. symptoms, but it's not the only one and it maybe isn't even the first one. A uh, couple of things is... One is associated with movement. So we could be looking at something like a, a variant of benign positional vertigo, which is very common in women of her age. That's the first thing. It's amazing the number of women who I meet now who tell me they've got vertigo. Yeah, it's very common. This is normally an excuse to keep me at arm's length. They mention <laughs> vertigo, but... There's a but keep <laughs> back, my head is spinning. Yeah. No, but it is interesting. So it must be menopausal. Well, it, so it could be to do with okay. vertigo or it could be menopausal. Lots of women complain of lightheadedness during the menopause because of hormonal changes so it could be that too but equally 50 years of age could be a blood pressure issue I think this person needs a checkup uh, to be fair we say checkup we do now, we're, we're on the same page we're back with the wrist again uh-huh. Orla has carpal tunnel syndrome it's flared up again quite painful now she was thinking of going back to work Will the typing make it worse in the computer? Will, of course, won't it? Well, she was well saying don't you go to our whiz kid again. Well, go he is the right guy, or certainly one of the right guys. Yeah, what she's saying is, is she was thinking of having uh, surgery done to fix the carpal tunnel, but then if she does that, will, will, will it all be undone by going back to a, a typing well, environment? Uh, I think it won't be undone if your man, the risk guy, fixes it. I, I think the thing to do is to get her carpal tunnel fixed and see how she yeah. is afterwards and take it from there. It would be a shame if she couldn't work. Well, it, it would be a shame if she, you know, I'm a great believer in work. I actually think work is good for our heads and good for our, uh, our you know, our general spirit and well-being. Um, and, and, and I know she is working because she said she's a stay-at-home mum and she's working at that. But she's talking about going back into well, the workforce. I work think it'd be force. great to get her back at work and it'd be tragic if the carpal tunnel kept her from work. Get a fix. And, and, when and there's a whiz kid fell down the roof. Yeah, get a fix. And, and My we'll, man. Listen, they're all, they all the, the number of dandelions whizzing around people's wrists is Ganglions. Enormous. Yeah. It's yeah. perfectly harmless, Graham Wexford said. He, he was terrified. He went to the dock. Doc said, it's great. Now, who who is this? Now, I'm worried about this text. Okay. You know the swallowing thing? Yeah. He wants us to go to a speech and language therapist who will be as the first protocol. No, that's not the first protocol. Um, it, it, why would you go to a speech and language therapist if you couldn't swallow? You wouldn't, is the answer. That, that's, um, that's not the case. Now, some people have problems with their vocal cords and their throat and they do end up with speech and language therapists. But the first thing is not a speech and language therapist. The first thing 
yeah. is to go and get a camera down and make sure there's nothing going on. And then we can take it from there and work out okay. what we're going to do about it. Okay, Sherlock, this is going to test you, this one, from go on. Fiona. Go on, Dr. Right? Watson. No, but Fiona's in Cork, so it can't be hard. Than her. She says, I keep getting the pain in my skull right behind my ear. What do you think? Do you have any idea? Have a clue. I mean, like, except I wouldn't be worried about it. Well, no. Here's the thing. If you oh, Sherlock's <laughs> off and running. If you sorry, at- uh, uh, Fiona. If you ring the ambulance service and uh, they'll uh, and say Kira Kelly suggested she needs a scan is what she needs and I'm telling you now because she said Why? it's in her skull right so she obviously has bony pain and if you go behind your ear you'll feel a prominent bone and that bone is called your mastoid bone I it's, can feel it yes and people get a condition called mastoiditis I thought that was something to do with teats in cows that's mastitis oh but mast <laughs> I can hear the laughter from the producer's box it's not mastitis there. It's not about she cows. She hasn't got mastitis in the head. No. She has mass. No, I'm not saying she even mastoiditis. has... Mastoiditis. Ma- from in the mastoid bone. And if she... And that that is a condition. And people sometimes get it after ear infections. And lots of people have had recurrent ear infections over the years. And that's something that may need to be treated, okay? So she needs right. a scan okay. of that bone sorry, behind Fiona. her ear. All right, get a scan, Fiona. Sorry about that. Why are you saying sorry about Well, I was kind of dismissing poor old Fiona. Well, that's, no. you dismissed them all. No, I tell you, this one would worry me. Daughter is eight. Was in hospital twice with pain under her right rib cage. Playing between the sinker blade. It's not sinker blade, is it? What's it Do you think it's shoulder blade, they mean? Might be, yeah. Uh, and constant nausea. First scan showed thickened and enlarged gallbladder. Second scan, gallbladder normal. Now she has symptoms again. Do eight-year-olds have gallbladder problems? Not this normally. And, and this is very... I, I read this too and I was very interested because yeah. she said two scans and one says a thickened and enlarged gallbladder and, and the other, other one says, says normal. I'd be inclined because the more likely one is, is that there's nothing. So that that's it. But you know what kids do get? And I, I've no way of knowing, but this definitely needs to be followed up with further visits probably to a gastroenterologist. Yes. Um, kids do get reflux and they can get quite bad reflux and the yeah. reflux of the gastric acid up into their esophagus can call, cause uh, stuff like inflammation in the esophagus and burning in the esophagus and that does sometimes feel like pain in your back between your shoulder blades and you could be nauseated and the treatment is is what's called PPI medication kind of powerful antacid medication but we can't really diagnose this one over the radio but the gallbladder thing sounded strange but the only thing is though the reason you didn't do paediatrics was the professor of paediatrics realised that you have no sympathy for sick children like I love children you don't you have no sympathy for sick children (laughs) and you just kind of shag them all out and say look we'll be all right. no I don't do that at all actually I'm actually very fond of children Um, but here's the thing I, I, I think the gallbladder I suspect is a red herring but we can't say for sure but certainly there could be something going on with gastritis sort of esophagitis kind of thing uh, I do think you need to have further follow up and probably medication to treat this Alright This is a text which just came in the second right Hot C- off the press Colin in Leach He's lost 30k in the last kgs okay. in the last seven months Fair play no, said 30 kg is 66 pounds. Yep. That's five stone. Yep. Then he says, I feel great. I have a few more kgs to go. 30 kg, I would put you, Doc, is too fast a weight loss. And let me finish. And, th- and because it's too fast a weight loss, 
Colin in leash has loose skin yeah. all over the place becoming an issue. Yeah. If you lose weight in a slower ratio, uh, combined with exercise, you don't get loose skin. Well, Put that in your pipe and smoke Okay, it. first of all, fair play to him. Uh, it's very hard to lose five stone. And I, I know what you're saying about fast weight loss. And I do think that sustainable weight loss should be slow and steady. But, okay... But if he lost 30 kg, he was probably 300 yes, kg. If you're to very start. big, it falls yeah. off you much quicker. So that's yeah. the first thing, whether you, whether yeah. you, whether, you know, okay. no matter what you All do. Right. So it could be that. Okay. But, and you're right, slower and in conjunction with exercise does reduce the kind of the excess skin but also if you're older and your skin has less elasticity it's sometimes difficult hey, to avoid your, your ageism I mean this is the other thing it's you're, not you're against kids and you're against old people <laughs> oh, I mean that ageism <laughs> thing is outrageous <laughs> How dare! Like I mean, you turn around to me and say my skin is less How elastic. Can you sit here and say I'm against kids. I'm against nobody's against kids and old people. You are. You've just said that it's skin has no elasticity. George, it's a matter of fact. Old people have reduced skin elasticity. Uh, you are the master of calling things as they are and not being all PC about it. I can't pretend that you have the same elasticity at 60 as you do at 25. I think I do. I've got a small mirror here and I'm looking at it and I think I look rather good. You, you actually do look very good today. Um, <laughs> anyway. But, but look, no, here's the thing. He's right. And I remember once talking to a girl I knew who had lost eight stone and she said she was more self-conscious after the eight stone weight loss with her excess skin than she was when she was That's heavy. Right, and she worrying. found it very awkward with men and all sorts If you are left with excess skin and and you're down at the right weight and you've done everything you can, now there is stuff you can do to tone up with exercises and Pilates and gyms and all that you can. But if it's there and you can do nothing about it, the only resource there is surgery. Uh, There's no point pretending otherwise. But it costs, as the listener says, it costs one. Look, have a look there at my neck, right? Yeah, it looks nice. No, no. When you lose weight quickly also, it's around your neck. And when when people are very critical of women, and some women are very critical of other women, um, they always refer to their neck. Do you ever notice that? They always talk about their neck. I did not know. They do. They always say, will you look at your one? She's trying to be 30 and she's really 50. Look at her neck. Who are you hanging around with, George? (laughs) You'd be amazed if I'm hanging around Anyway. I love the accent you put on there too. That was obviously people from Cork. Yes. Talk about people's necks. Yeah. 19 year old, very slight ache in the left testicle. Never got a bang. Comes and goes. No lumps of bruising. Scan. Okay. And I don't even don't even joke or anything. Um we don't know what's I'm not ra- going and see that's the other thing. There's ageism and then you accuse me. Georgism. Yeah. Um, okay. Left testicle in a nineteen year old scan. Yeah. You don't have to say any more. A testicle's quite important to all of us. Oh, hugely it's particularly important. important to a nineteen year old. Hugely important. And sometimes you can have a sister, you can have all sorts of different reasons why there might be something wrong with your testicle. And sometimes here's the thing, people's testicles twist. And if that's the case, you want to know that that's going to happen sometimes in advance. And sometimes you do know because sometimes there's a bit of pain. This guy needs to be checked out and he shouldn't sit back and do nothing no, about no, this. No, 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 no. I wonder should I ask Sean Moncrief about testicles? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't.